0: This episode of Verbal Tap brought to you by NogiBJJGear.com. Use the promotional code
1: of VerbalTap15 to get 15% off of your order. Do it. The UFC fans the world have been
0: for. It's I am hitting the cord. We have raf i don't even know what the enigma is but we have as you've put it maybe someone who swings harder at the political fences than we do with our mma podcast which our listeners would tell you is impressive i'm stoked of course it's time for verbal tap the show that proves fighting is easier from outside the cage um especially if you just never leave it like today's fights raf how are you doing sir I'm phenomenal, man. And like you mentioned, this is one of those great team
1: up episodes. It's kind of like the crossover episodes you used to see on what TGI Friday, Jetsons meet the Flintstones, like in the pantheon of weird podcasts about MMA and jiu jitsu that no We're sometimes fighting against the grain with some assholes who are in the community who have very strong political beliefs and yet tell you it's all about respect and honor and might (laughs) punch somebody in the face. Like, yeah, no, we know exactly who we normally talk to, but uh, I'm doing great, Kev. How are you doing today, sir?
0: I'm excellent because I'm already going through Sam's Twitter account. Mm -hmm. And I found a comment. U.S. did some disasterly shit to the Filipinos. It was so bad it made Mark Twain anti-imperialist. And then there's some stuff to read here. I'm just saying, this is good. (laughs) Well,
1: Kev, who is our guest then? I think you should probably uh, give him a nice shout out so we can get straight to the talking to him.
0: Uh, K-pop dad. Host no. of the Southpaw pod, the Southpaw podcast. That's P-A-W mixing martial arts with rad political theory and vice versa. I'm their newest subscriber. We have Sam. Sam, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm excited.
2: I'm ready to, to uh, listen to your picks later on and uh, see
0: what this is all about. Yeah, We're I'm good. not quite sure why Raf has chosen to send you into this gauntlet. Maybe it's because he knows I've been having a lot of conversations with uh, my Bernie bros out in Kansas. And he was like, it's time Mm -hmm. to get feisty for the holidays. Let's give Kevin a birthday gift. (laughs) Why do you mix politics and MMA? It's kind of like uh, if somebody
2: asks you to, why do you mix comedy with MMA, right? It's like uh, you're comedy people who like MMA, right? And uh, I'm a political person with a certain type of politics who likes MMA. So kind of uh, you you mix what you have. And I mean, Uh, I, Kev, I want to take this
1: one real quick and here's why. It's kind of interesting how I got the thought process of bringing you on. And, you know, obviously I've seen your work and I see what you're doing. And I always think, man, good for him, dude. That's a, that's a tough gig to be going against the grain with so many of these idiots who sometimes have no foundation in their arguments. Kevin and I used to be, Rhetoric people in a previous lifetime for forensics and speech and debate. And when Mm. I see a lot of the times they bring these arguments and I outline it, it sometimes looks like a maze that a child got fed up with. And then they just kind of said, I finished it. And they clearly did not do anything to it but draw one straight line. But here's the interesting moment that I think ultimately convinced me, yeah, it's time to bring him on the show. You put up a post Mm -hmm. about how... Maybe, just maybe, if you have a Nazi symbol on your body, you got a tattoo with it, it's not a good thing. And you didn't really say too much about it. And yet there was somebody, when I shared it on the Grappling Hour post, that goes, I don't know about that Sam, man. You know, he's really out there with his stuff. Just, he's always trying to instigate and race bait. And I go, this is against the Nazis. Where the fuck is this coming from? Like, how did this become, no, the poster's bad because he's just trying to get you to feel a certain way about Nazis. Yeah. And I said, yeah, okay. I think my mind's made up. That's actually a dare to bring him on.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of like, a, like a, you know, one of those uh, things in a movie where you like use this crystal to spot like who the aliens are. Right. So you could yeah. you can see like a gym with just normal looking people. And then I walk in and then, you know, you will the chuds will like reveal themselves.
0: <laughs> I like chuds. I've always referred to them as chads, but it works. We both yeah. get there pretty quickly. Apologies to cool chads everywhere. I know a lot of you. He used to buy uh, weed from one. No, no. I, he, I don't think he'll mind if I mention that. What are your credentials? So, refs kind of alluded to, and I appreciated your your analogy of why do you mix comedy and MMA, and that was always our goal. Um, our background's also, Raf's tied to The Tonight Show. I used to mm. beg strangers on stage, by any means necessary, to watch me tell jokes in D.C. for a few years. So, there's like a, a natural grooming, and you're also talking to a, a, a political nerd here and there. Um, I worked for... for kathleen sebelius once upon a time actually the lieutenant governor hid my desk in an office like prank on a poor unpaid intern (laughs) why do you what's your credentials what sparks your interest because you're also not just posting like go vote fuck faces like you're you're kind (laughs) of going a little deeper here and you're not i mean i'm i've got a breadth of how you kind of frame your arguments and that's what i would call them they're not like, just quick jest. Like, the White House was built by idiots. Dot, dot, dot. Fight me. It's like, it's a little bit further than that. Where does this come from? Um, you know, it's... Uh, it would sound
2: funny because the outcome for other people is different and that they turn out so, you know, like I said, chuddish, right? Like, far right or like some of these uh, people that you're talking about. But uh, martial arts really informed my politics. I started, like, when I was six. And I think... I'm also a philosophy nerd. So it started like really early. And when I say philosophy, I don't mean like Bruce Lee, but he said some cool stuff, but he was a philosophy nerd. Like he read it all. He read a lot of actual philosophy. So I got into that
0: real early as
2: well. You're talking more John
0: Locke, Socrates, that type of philosophy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from there, I wanted like a through line. So when people talk about logic, it doesn't mean like what people think it means. It means like consistency. So like, you know, and if you two are writing a movie script, it has to have, like, in-world or movie logic in that whatever you start at the beginning, whatever the rules of your world is at the beginning, it must stay consistent all the way to the end, right? So then I started thinking about that with martial arts, like being consistent. So then if we are to defend people, then who do we defend? We have to defend people who are at the who are at the bottom or who are at the weakest. You even look at Brazilian jiu-jitsu. What is Brazilian jiu-jitsu? It's the whole art, the idea. Forget, like, the actual history of it, but just... In a vacuum, it's about being the person on the bottom, upending the person on the top, right? It's it's a it's a bottom up art. So, you know, you you think about all these things, um, and then I try to be consistent, where it's just kind of like a unified, single theory for everything. You know, kind of like the the Taoist saying of uh, how you do one thing is how you do all things. It just makes my life simpler. And it also just makes a lot more sense. So the way I thought about martial arts is like the way I think about everything. So my martial arts, the way I like to approach it, the way martial arts is martial arts is framed is bottom up. My politics is bottom up. My philosophy is bottom up. So in a gym, then I can't equate everybody as equal, right? If you're like somebody who is, let's say, you're you're a brown person, right after 9/11, then your life is probably more at threat every day than the other people in the class, right? So then I can't frame it or, or universalize it that everybody is the same and everybody has the same, um, experiences from what I learned about martial arts about, you have to prioritize who needs defense the most. Then this person needs to be uplifted the most. Right? So I guess starting at six to becoming an adult, I had a lot of time to think about it and then this is, this is where you end up. So I call it, sometimes I, I jokingly called it liberation martial arts. Then it kind of stuck. So a lot of people who listen to this podcast or who are in the Southpaw community also tend to call tend to call
0: themselves that as well. That was an extremely um very that was a good answer. Damn, Raph. All right. Well, before I throw it back over to my co host, you're also I take it an accomplished fighter at this point, because Guillotine Choker, can you can you give us a jujitsu belt rank? Is that okay?
2: Yeah, I'm a brown belt. So I started in the nineties and I'm a brown belt now. So
0: obviously I am very good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am on that. I am right on your path, sir. So don't, don't get ahead of me. I'm a purple belt with 12 years in the game. I can see 22 before somebody's like, fine, give him a brown belt.
2: People who've started in the last 10 years, that sounds odd because if you started in the last 10 years, you have like black belts who like got it within five or six years, right? But people who started it like in the 2000s or in the '90s, people like hearing somebody who's been like a certain bell for 20 years or 10 years is not that uncommon.
0: Yeah. Well, I need to do a quick ad read speaking of causes, bills and Christmas time. NogibJJgear.com. you can get their wwF. The World Wildlife Foundation. You can make a difference, you can look like. A Sam on the mats, just sleek and collected, with a little bit of political juice. And you can enter in verbal tap 15. We all win. Go to nogi bjjgear.com. They've got some cool holiday specials. You can also go over to Manscaped, because here's the thing. Everybody needs to keep themselves looking. I haven't left Manscaped, Raph. Since the package mm. arrived, I have been wrapping oh, no. the only package that matters this holiday season. <laughs> ah. That is my newly married grooming regiment. It works for all members of the family. This thing really... And I did use the ball deodorant. I'm just going to tell you. I had to give it the old college try. We're, we're learning each other. It was okay. a li- it was a little um shavish, but in a, in a fun way so landscape I mean maybe
1: 15. that's the uh,
0: home alone commercial we
1: need to go ahead and do It's like adult home alone <laughs> was, if he does
0: that ah! I was going to send you so many variants of my ideas for this Manscaped commercial
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm sure they're going to love almost 10% of them anyway use the promotional code verbal tap and you'll get 20% off whatever you put in the cart. So, yes, those are the two people we needed to take care of here. But, Sam, I want to return back to a conversation of this. This seems to be that it went from don't talk about politics in your social media to, well, it depends on what politics, Mm -hmm. to now try to maybe pushing it back in. But we've seen an emergence of some really, really ugly aspects of our martial arts culture. Have you received other kinds of supports from people who maybe are saying like, Hey man, keep doing what you're doing. Thank God you're speaking out there because it seems like there aren't as many of the left of center sort of podcasts mm-hmm. than
2: there are the opposite
1: in our sport.
2: Yeah. So as, You think about my podcast, you read the tagline, right, Kev? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very niche. So when me and a friend started it, we were like, maybe five people will listen to this, right? You and and Paul (laughs) crushed it. And that was like over two years ago. And it really was. It was like nobody was listening. It was just us talking to the void. (laughs) So whenever new subscribers are like coming on, they're like, oh shit, there's a whole back catalog. How many of this shit do you have? And I'm like, we have a lot of it. Just take your time, peruse through it. But um, yeah, so it was like, uh, we knew it was a niche. We didn't know if anybody wanted to hear about this. And then we started it. And then, I don't know, slowly, people, I don't know how people found it. You know, I don't even know how, like, that person, I'm even like, like, uh, you know, in a way, uh, feel complimented that that guy was insulting me and, say, and saying Sam is an instigator. You know, it's like, oh, shit. Like, non-listeners, like regular people out there who train, they know who I am. Okay, that's cool. It's like getting out there. It's getting to a tipping point. But, uh, yeah, it was like nobody, not even haters. It was just like nobody for a long time. And then, like, all of a sudden, um, some DMs, um, some Patreon subscribers started coming on, some Twitter follows, some Instagram follows. It was very slow for the first year. And then um, I would say after George Floyd died, that's mm. when it really like took off. And then all of these people were like, oh, I was looking for something like this. And so I think that's when like I got the podcast on a lot of people's radar. And, and it, uh, it wasn't even like me per se, there was like other groups, other Instagram pages that I started that were really like uh, tagging people and promoting, you know, um, anti-racism in martial arts or calling out, you know, social justice issues or, or different types of like far right to like racist people, sexual abusers and martial arts. And then like, you know, a lot of these things come and go. And then I think people were like, oh, you know, before this, before this page was around, there was Southpaw. And like, I think people were like saying like, no, 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 this wasn't the first Southpaw was around already. And then I think that's how people started hearing about us as like kind of the, the OGs, the, the, uh, not in the the edgy kind of comedy, but like kind of like the Chapo chap, tra- uh, the Chapo trap house of like MMA left politics. They were like, no, 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 <laughs> South Paul was around first. And so, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people like indirectly found us through all these like other, other pages on Instagram or other s- s- social media accounts. And then as they disappeared, I think people just like kind of congregated around us.
1: That's pretty cool, man. And I mean, obviously, it's always fun to watch when these things uh, have their their takeoffs. I mean, Kevin and I laugh because over the years, we've just told people like, you're welcome to get off the train anytime you want. But we're just going to keep doing the show. And we've had a lot of people who have stuck with us and... We just were so focused on trying to be funny and do our thing that there are some episodes where I go, Kev, how much time do we talk about MMA this week? And he goes, 10. I go, great. How much time do we talk about gun control? 30. Uh-oh. Well, we'll see how that one does. All right. Out <sighs> into the ether it goes. And we just don't edit it. We just say, you know, this was funny to us. This was our thoughts or our exploration of a topic. And I think sometimes it comes as a natural defense to seeing too many people with a platform to speak who just really do it shittily. Like they really are antagonistic (laughs) about how crazy they are in proving a point when then they start citing Jorge Masvidal and saying like, hmm, very interesting how Biden could be behind and then come back and win. The reelection hashtag and you go, OK, or you could count.
0: Like, it's it's like, dude, you're a fucking fuck fighter, man. man you, I know. <laughs> like, has anyone ever come back from a fight? It's like, oh, yes. <laughs> 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 so to us, we're just sitting here and going, well, I mean, that's the path
1: we're choosing on this one. So obviously you do that. And we're always happy to have people. We all fill a different void. And I think that's important. And there are plenty of people who fulfill the QAnon, all of that nonsense. We're just not that show. And we have great laughs at that expense. So I think since people know that about you, I've also come to find when you put on the different areas, you have a very, very specific pro wrestling knowledge. Where does that begin? Because I'm the resident pro wrestler version guy on this show. Where does that begin? And does that
2: intersect with your martial arts journey? Oh, yeah. I think it very much intersects. Actually, the history of MMA is very much intersected with pro wrestling. Like, I've posted people, like, like I've pissed off a lot of people because I was showing old Pancrease fights, which everybody thinks is real. Every All those people are legends, and it's like, <laughs> Ken Shamrock wins by Northern Light Suplex, you know? And it's like, come on, dude. I, I know it was counted on their typology or in their sure dog or whatever, but come on, man. You don't, you don't win. That's the thing. Like, a lot of MMA people hate pro wrestling. Right. But a lot of pro wrestlers also like MMA. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, a weird overlap where it doesn't overlap in, in like both directions. But I guess the, the, uh, it, it is a uh, sports entertainment, right? It's not like, uh, you know, a lot of martial arts people in BJJ or MMA are libertarians. They're all about the free market yet. Like your popularity, how you rank none of that matters right it's not the real free market dictating you like in boxing right if you become like mike tyson or get really popular in the crowd you get paid more whereas in mma in the ufc it only matters if dana white likes you then is mma closer to pro wrestling like vince mcmahon liking you or is it closer to boxing or other combat sports and it's closer to pro wrestling right and even like especially in japan the roots of it are the same. So for me, like I, you know, there was no MMA when I was a kid. So I was watching pro wrestling and then watching UFC one, it felt very much like, like pro wrestling. And it was even like, there was already like Japanese stuff that looked like that. Right. And that was already like mm-hmm. having an aesthetic where it was hard to tell. There were like Enokiism, right. Was already mm-hmm. trying to blur the line of pro wrestling and MMA anyway. So I guess like, I guess like, uh, my love for pro wrestling and martial arts were always the same thing. And I guess how I've maintained this knowledge, because I was like really big into it as a kid. Then I watched all the way up to the, to the attitude era. And then after that, you know, life gets busy. You don't watch it as much. And the storylines were really bad. So I stopped watching it. But I always kept paying attention to it via internet memes and just like mm. dirt sheet stuff. So I mm-hmm. still don't watch it, but I'm I'm maintaining like stuff was happening with like AEW or, or uh, WWE just through through memes and uh, and Twitter and stuff like that, which is kind of like how I upkeep my knowledge of video games. I stopped playing like decades ago, but I still know a lot about video games just because now you can like kind of keep up with video games just through the memes and different like. You know message board posts and different clips and stuff and i think it's the same thing like with uh you were, one of you were at, was asking me about k-pop like i just can keep up with it without even listening to the music and know what's trending
0: just from twitter you know i want everyone to know for the record he brought up k-pop this is a baseless accusation <laughs> <laughs> no we were definitely uh nerdy well, about the
1: fact show that i think we all made a very quick hard appreciation of k-pop once we saw what they could do with a rally And I remembered going, "Uh, ah, K-pop, whatever. That's not my thing. Even though I love a good song and dance, no big deal. Whatever. These kids, they're just doing what we had 20 years ago. There's always time for a a boy band. And then all of a sudden they go, thanks to K-pop, there was trouble in Trump world. And I was like, go on. What do they do? (laughs) <laughs> and then I will tell you, BTS' Dynamite made its way into my playlist like nobody's business. And there it will stay forever and ever. So I'm perfectly fine with that. That was them.
0: That was the 15-person the band I was talking about. Yeah, I mean, was like, how many mean, of them are there? There's so many people in this band. I'm here for it. It's like, yeah, they could have you're kept... on Twitter...
2: Go ahead. I was going to say, if you're on Twitter and you talk about politics at all, like every big Twitter polit- political... Person with a lot of followers, especially on the on the left, they're all at least a couple of times a day mentioning K-pop because it's like so embedded into left politics now. Well, uh, in fine, we'll take it.
1: We're and you also know what? responsible <laughs> for
0: the Macarena. Suck it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, having said all of that, you know, we always like to give the guest an opportunity to get to know Kevin because you guys are all friends here. But we are going to do an over-under, Kevin, because guess what? After 21 days, they are putting together another UFC. This is the fastest turnaround for two contenders.
0: I had to check to make sure I wasn't losing my damn mind. (laughs) When I was like, isn't this the guy that fought last time on the card I hated?
1: (laughs) So they said, you know what? We don't have any other people going on right now. So, hey, do you want to come back and fight this other guy who also fought tonight? Because... We're out of ideas, and honestly, (laughs) COVID's going to take about 20 of these people anyway, so fuck it. But, Sam, this is an opportunity for you to get to know Kevin because I bring up the pro wrestling thing because you know how to cut a promo if you watched all of those years of pro wrestling. So I'd like to give you the opportunity to get to know Kevin before you have to insult him when we get to the game. So do you have any questions for Kevin that might better
2: inform your Uh, trash-talking, and promo capabilities. Wait, how did Kevin get in charge of doing the fight picks?
0: Well, I want to be crystal clear. I'm not in charge of this exercise. Raph will be running it, (laughs) as you'll soon hear. Um, But I tend to like to roast and dive. I enjoy preview shows. Raph hates them with a sincere passion. And frankly, don't even remotely bring up the 2016 exit polls to him. He's not ready to talk about it. So he controls the game and gets to, uh, you know, add the mockery to it he thinks it deserves. Here's
1: really the story, though. I'll give you the real hash. Here's what happened. So a lot of people ask how this podcast came to be. And obviously, Kevin and I knew of each other in speech and debate, but we didn't, like, compete really a ton against each other. Kevin, do you mm. do we ever compete against each other
0: um, in the fights? No, 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 no. I mean, in, in speech. Oh, um, no, I wasn't good enough at that point.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's levels to
0: this game. He was was,
1: I was, (laughs) I was on my way out, so I was definitely very happy to just go, sure. But the story goes that Kevin was watching some NCAA basketball on his computer. I saw it, and I was very, very interested in how my picks were doing. So I asked him the score, and I said, hey, you know, uh, who's winning this right now? And he tells me this, and I go, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to update my brackets just to see if I'm I'm winning or not. And Kevin, without any real sense of irony or without any, I guess, maybe somewhat recognition here, just goes, oh, I'm very good at picking things. And essentially, (laughs) that is what started the show, because I looked at him and I said, who the fuck is this guy? And I immediately thought to myself, well... I have to prove him wrong. So when we would do the shows at the very beginning and you know, much like when you mentioned the very origins of the show, you know it's just gonna be you and the other guy talking or you, you know, you're gonna come from humble beginnings. And Kevin, when I would kind of preview cards and it wasn't different than anybody else's. And then one day I said, you know, I wanna test the theory if Kevin's actually good at picking fights. Mm. If I literally pick the most knowledgeable person And then I pick the least knowledgeable person. We're going to run a long term experiment to figure out, do you really have to know the fights to pick better than Kevin? So long term, I'm at line
0: 684 on my Google sheet here. (laughs)
1: So, yes, we've had plenty of days where we brought in people. And, Kev, I mean, we're circling about 100 of these that we've done for specifically Whoa. over under Kevin. And I'm so.
0: I'm above 500 record-wise right now. There so, you go. I'm, I mean, not, I'm not prepared to say I, I think my confidence has gone down in my picking ability, but
1: eh, we'll see. And, Sam, to be perfectly blunt, Kev has peaks and valleys. And there are some okay. years where it does not go well for him. And... <laughs> You know, he can't catch a break for, like, four or five pay-per-views, and then there are some where he's crushing it.
0: The end so of the second a... Obama administration was rough on me. Let's just say <laughs> what <words. laughs>
1: So, Sam, I think that's a good starting point. Do you have another question for Kevin? Maybe one that I don't answer for him.
2: Uh, no, actually, my... my uh less of a question for him you answered like what i thought this was because i I think my first question to you when you told me about this segment was like is this like one of those things where a lot of mma podcasts are like doing the picks to try to get the gamblers to start listening to grow their audience because all the (laughs) mma podcasts do like the like a segment just for the gamblers where they give like the over and under and the predictions and like you know then they like brag about how much money they made for people and you know, bloody elbow elbow. There's a lot of that now. So I, I well, saw that, you, you know, you were, you got the manscape thing. You got the fight picks <laughs> thing. This is like a very legitimate podcast now.
0: Wow. I mean, yeah, nice job. Manscaped. Accident. I don't know how they brought <laughs> the class to it, but we'll take it.
1: <laughs> yep. Who knew? It just took some balls for this podcast to really come to life. I would tell you this, Sam, is that, Kevin is right in saying that I hate preview episodes for this Mm. reason. Most of the time when you hear people do preview episodes, they're by people who don't look like they would remotely not only look like they could fight, know how to fight as well. Mm. And so when you have people that you bring on, on a podcast that goes, I don't know, this guy punched real good. I don't know. I think this guy kick real good. Well, their punch versus their kick. All right. I bet on this guy. It's a 50, 50 (laughs) proposition. So half the time, even if they're completely stupid, they might still get some right, but the analysis might be terrible. And I said, you know what? If they're gonna make a wager on who can make more terrible analysis, then we're gonna own that. And mm. lo and behold, that's what we've been doing here. Okay. So I think,
2: anyway. I think, I, I think I'm think i ready. I have no idea what to expect. I'm, you know, I'm really bad at being mean to people also. So oh. I'll try my best. God damn it, Sam. Okay, listen. <laughs> Hold on, sidebar with I'm Sam, what Sam. they call a clean comic.
1: No, wait, <laughs> Kev, I take him off the air. We're going to bring on somebody else right now. Sounds good. I'm going to go. With Here's what I can tell you, Sam. It's
0: probably a bot we could hire.
1: You've already gotten like two or three subtle digs in, and I don't mind them because we love that, and we actually uh, truly appreciate those guests who do it better. But what I would say to you is, use your inner heel. So who would you say is the closest heel to your personality?
2: Rachel Maddow. Um. (laughs) A heel, man. I don't know. I mean, like there's heels. I like, right? Like Ric Flair. I like Roddy Piper. I like, uh, you know what, you know, what's underrated is, uh, the Hart Foundation back in the day when they were heels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially like uh, during their Canada days, I feel like that's like an underrated, I like the obscure underrated heels, you know? So Kev, everybody knows he... Flair Piper, but you know, Brett Hart as a heel, you know, Loved that's a, uh, that's underappreciated. Kev, just to give you an idea of Brett Hart when he was a heel, since
1: he is Canadian and Canadian royalty, he would come in and talk shit about the USA that like, 20 years after the fact is all 100% accurate and would probably actually get cheered in this day and age. So just to let you know how quickly the times have changed. And mind you, the pro wrestling audience of the WWE were also people who, you know, might have had some racist cheerings against Muslims back in the early 2000s. No particular reason why. Uh, (laughs) It was a dicey time. So sometimes the wrestling fans can be interesting. But what I'm saying to you is, Sam, take that inner version of Bret Hart as a heel and become that person for this game. I believe in you. You have great rhetorical analysis. Mm -hmm. And that is part of the reason why we brought you on. So now just add like some really subtle digs to how Kevin isn't good at betting. And I feel like you have it. And just, you know, x out the sh- parts where
2: you would say sean michaels and replace it with kevin phillips <laughs> and see what happens it's gonna turn into macho man all of a sudden i feel like oh oh god. god bless <laughs> you if you make that happen because it will make the show better kev i think it's time we transition to the game of over
1: under kevin Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a segment of the show that we like to call Over Under Kevin. It is a very simple segment, one that apparently is not like other shows, thank God, but the way it works is super simple. We go through the entire UFC pay-per-view card that is coming up and we do it randomized in order. We give each participant 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win, and if I so deem it, I will give each participant 15 seconds to say a rebuttal to their opponents either analysis or trash talk gentlemen do you both understand the
0: rules kevin it's time for uh top or bottom kevin let's get this shit started oh god that's that's not what that
1: is but uh sam do you understand the rules yes thank you for indulging that i will also remind people that yes although technically whoever gets the most picks right is the winner we here appreciate those who actually talk the best trash Mm. so kevin you are gonna start us off right now with your pick for a women's straw weight bout between tisha torres and angela hill 15 seconds on the clock go
0: well first i want to say what i named the teams I named my mm-hmm. column the Hillary negatives, and I named Sam's the Giuliani positives. So there's a little <laughs> okay, good. hot off the press. And I am going to go with Angela Hill. It's been right, a few. We- I keep getting burned on this. But one of these days, I feel like, and I'm looking for the odds on this one as well. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, how do I know? But, you know, my rule, go with the taller fighter. Can't lose. All right, Sam. I've got 15 seconds for you. Go. Uh,
2: I got Hill. Why do you have Hill? Same theory, taller. Uh, they fought before, right? So uh, I think from watching Tisha Torres, she's like seems like the same kind of fighter she was before. Hill seems to be improving, so I think maybe Kev accidentally got to the right choice. We got to the same conclusion, but it was tough because right?
0: Tisha has a scary <laughs> ribs tattoo. So that's normally like a, Oh, that person will hit you.
3: So
2: the first time around, like Hill really shouldn't have lost to Tisha. I think Tisha's like five feet tall or something. Oh. So it's <laughs> so a lot of like, if you watch them fight, if you watch the first one, it was a lot of like punching into the air cause she couldn't reach Hill. So, you know, <laughs> okay. something happened. And
0: throughout this fight, Raph, I want to, this fight card, I want to issue challenges. I want Mm -hmm. Sam to identify which fighter he thinks is most ready for public office Mm -hmm. and I'll work on which party I think would benefit best from training jujitsu. Something Mm -hmm. I've been noodling on. So
1: Uh, Kev, I appreciate that. And I'm going to give you some, uh, some time to think on it, Sam. You're going to tell us who's winning this welterweight fight between Lee Jingliang and Dwight Grant go. I think it is Lee Jingliang. No, I'm not. I'm not playing that game, dude. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to
2: pretend I'm knowing how to pronounce any of these names, but go on. Um, yeah, I think, uh, he just has like more experience than, uh, Dwight Can I call him by his first name. Or are we on first name basis? here? Honestly, when you said
0: Dwight, I was like, boy. all right, Dwight, you know, <laughs> Dwight. Is the he's most, not your boy. Like... You're going with Jinglinglinglinglingling. Ling Ling Ling
1: I just like the fact that you're like, um, I've basically reduced this fighter down to the dude that I see outside my 7-Eleven. Like, yeah, it's Dwight. Be good.
2: No. <laughs> it's the D man. Dwight's my guy. No, but I can't trust him <laughs> for this. I think you know it says I, I don't really know much about either fighters, but I think uh, uh Jing Liang is Sao Pa and I tend to see Southpaw's win, especially in like prelim fights where it's like two kind of fighters who are just like not at the highest level. So mm-hmm. just being Southpaw, it might be enough to confuse the other fighter and uh, be enough to win. Well, Fascinating.
1: Kevin, you who or, do you have
0: as your pick on this one? He or ESPN is wrong because they have uh Jing <laughs> Liang as Orthodox and Grant oh. as a switch. And as oh. someone who always identifies as the switch, And frankly, someone's just pissed off at Sam ref. He had a tweet right before Yoel got laid off. That was like, my guess is Dana's about to start laying off top level fighters. Dot, dot, dot. Two minutes later, Yoel gets fired. So this guy, I think might've caused that. I'm going with Grant. Mm. Uh, Kev, do we have a guest
1: drop in right now? I think I just got the red light.
0: Oh, great. Sam, you're going to dig this. We have mm-hmm. on the podcast a recurring character of ours, um, <laughs> fresh off the USC roster, soon to be a bare-knuckle fighter and or at the next Bellator. I assume the very next one. Yoel Romero. Yoel, <laughs> how are
3: you? I fight. I lose my job. I'm so sad now, Karen. As someone who is as angry as you about anything,
0: about that uh, Supreme Court and the gay marriage comment, which in retrospect <laughs> seems so funny, I love you. We're going to miss you. You're going to keep I love fighting? you
3: too, and I don't know what I'm going to do now.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Sam, any ideas? Well, Yoel Romero? maybe. Like... Oh,
2: man. Maybe Bellator. That's my guess.
0: Oh, see I was like I bet McConnell would hire him as a staffer tomorrow <laughs> just as someone to help
3: around. I say no for gay Jesus. I get job as Republican committee chair.
0: You're from Florida, I think. <laughs> you
3: might not even he, have to apply. I always no. thought he was pro gay Jesus. Oh, no, 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 he, He's he, he was not. Cuz sometimes my articles drop and Joel don't even <laughs> know sometimes. Yeah,
2: if you play that play back what you said in the past, it, it sounded it was hard to tell if you're a pro or,
3: or a con. I I, I don't know. It's first time someone asked me what I think I mean when I say, and I say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, you, I have to fill out unemployment now. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, we'll see It almost, champ. Well, it's very sad for me. Please don't bring up other bad things, Kevin. Won't do. <laughs> I think uh, Yoel
2: should be good cuz he had that lawsuit against that supplement company when he when he uh, pissed hot, right? For the uh for the Usada violation, he sued them for, for like 100 million dollars or something.
3: Spoiler, I probably was hot, so no <laughs> look good for me. <laughs> Wink nudge ee, ee.
0: Uh, all right. Let's I think he actually just Yael Romero. He's out. Left through the door. That was a very strange exit, Kev. <laughs> hey you can't control the beast. The beast controls you. Hold on. Let me quote the film Eight Millimeter. Okay. Dance with the devil. Devil don't change. Devil changes you.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. I'm glad that we had the time to take for that. For noted jujitsu practitioner, or at least stars in a movie jiu Nicolas Cage. Kevin, we're going to continue this party as we go to the next lightweight bout. It is between... Hanato, Masiano, and Rafael Fiziev. That's a terrible name, Kev.
0: I'm sorry. My, okay, I I find what I found what you got too. I'm going with Fiziev. Um, Fiziev. Fiziev. Thank you. I think I think Moicano's tattoos are a little overcompensating. Like he looks like he got him at Sturgis. Mm. And again, he, again, you know my thing with short switch fighters. I just love them. <laughs> So I'm going to go with uh, right. Fiziev.
2: All right. And uh let's see here Sam, what do you got for us? I'm actually going with Fiziev also. I think uh I think Kev is on a he, he's he's in synchronicity with me today. I, I think was... he somehow absorbed some of my super Saiyan powers and he's <laughs> stealing some of my mojo cuz we're we're in in simpatico. We're we're thinking alike right now. Like the... Kevin
1: I'm going to ask this over to you. Are you cheating on this test? Are you just absorbing some of the energy that our guest Sam is bringing to the show here today?
0: I was doing some high-grade hallucinogenic uppers until somewhere <laughs> around 6 a.m. Tight. So while I'd like to say, yeah, I feel sharp as attack, and I'm absorbing what Sam said, more realistically, my Christmas tree is kind of glowing in an extra unique way in front of me, and I'm just feeling... <laughs> uh I'm feeling a deep pulse with this fight card and letting it take me.
1: Mm. Beautifully said, Kevin. Um, we're going to go to a middleweight bout. Mm. Kev, you? Oh, actually, Sam, you lead us off on this one. And it is, is between Kevin Holland. Noises
0: about middleweight belts. No one's excited about mm. middleweight fights that much. Well, I'm well, eating a sandwich right now. That's why. Oh wait, hold on. What
2: kind of sandwich? <laughs> uh, a corned beef sandwich. You know, like. Every time you talk about fights, it's good to take a bite out of a sandwich and just give them one of those, mmm. <laughs> All right. I have to say, I don't think
1: anybody's ever ate while doing the uh, over-under Kevin segment. But remarkably, the fact that neither Kevin and I knew you were eating is a testament to your chewing ability.
0: Just professionalism, <laughs> apparently. He knows how to it's do this. very much
1: so. Like, can I say who this fight is? It's Kevin Holland and Jacques Jacare. So, Sam, who do you have on this
2: one, sir? I got Kevin Holland. Oh, I th- What is this? Like his fourth fight this year, or something? It's like some fourth or fifth. It's like a lot of fights this year, and he's like he's like the the COVID era king right now as far as fighting. I think he j- and he, he didn't he just get canceled from his last fight. Like he had COVID,
3: he, <laughs> like two weeks did, ago.
1: And that was the reason why he was supposed to face face Jack Hermanson yesterday, and uh, who was replacing an da- injured Darren Till. So it's been a fun little uh, bouncing back and forth between everybody. But he won the Jacare sweepstakes. Kevin, who
0: do you think is going to get this one, though? When I wake up on Sunday morning, do I want to think, did I betray all of jujitsu and the things we Mm -hmm. hold Mm -hmm. most sacred? Do I want to do I want to be a liberation martial artist feeling his oats, not feeling great about what happens? Because. I chose the COVID-era king, which is a terrible nickname. I want to be crystal clear. (laughs) I got to go with Jacare. Give me the gator. Mm. Mm. I think I have to give some response time here to Sam.
1: Sam, how does it feel to betray jiu-jitsu and take the hard line against it?
0: Was it easy? And I guess
1: Uh. maybe in some way, Kev, endorse COVID. That got really weird.
2: (laughs) 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 You know, as an old uh, instructor once told me, You never betray jujitsu. Jujitsu betrays you. Fascinating.
1: I feel like you didn't have an instructor
2: that said that, but I like believing a world in which you did. It sounds like something a
0: black belt might say, though, especially one from Brazil. Earlier you were making a point. You were like, it's a top-bottom game. I was like, where's the part where you wheeze uncontrollably and stall for a few minutes? (laughs) Do you fit that in the middle, or is it after... But, boys, we might actually be wasting our time because, you know,
2: by the time this airs, we might find out the fight got canceled because the dude just had COVID. I don't know if you get over it that fast.
0: (laughs) Holland? Uh, Yeah. Well,
2: according
1: to all MMA websites, COVID is not real. Oh. Super convenient. We're in the clear here, everybody. Don't worry, though. That's why this one has, what is it, 13 fights, Kev? It's got a fuckload of fights. Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 13 on my count, but I got to do that one again. Eek. That's a lot of fucking fights. All right. We got to speed this up then. We're going next. And uh, Kevin, you're going to take this one. It's a woman's straw weight between Mackenzie Dern and uh, Verma, Verna, Jana
0: Doreba. Go hit record, Danny, for the gambling segment of the week. Not only, we go. Raph, am I taking Mackenzie Dern, because she oh, is no. simply a lock against Jean Giroba. I'm going to mm-hmm. parlay her with Jacare Souza. I'm oh, going to watch shit. the fights in my gi, and I'm going to feel great about myself.
1: Damn. Okay. We've never really... I think it's been a while since we've done a parlay on this one, but mm-hmm. I will denote that. Noted. Thank you, Dern and Jacare. What happens if you do not get them, Kevin?
0: Um, give me a minute to reflect on that. I was thinking, like, I'll lose the bet, but that was monetary. I feel like you got well, to like remove you... some of them stripes
2: off the belt, they think. Ooh. I'm wrong. Hey,
1: that's easy. That's, that's getting dicey, right? I mean, here's the good news for Kevin. Kevin's perfectly okay with that at this point. I think we've all, with the lack of amount of, that we've all been training, going, I'm not really this belt anymore. Who it's fine.
0: <laughs> Can we just
1: go no And, Kev, here's the the thing that I will do for you on this one particular instance. If you get them both, you will get one extra point.
3: Oh.
1: I will take one away.
0: Okay. I I accept your terms. Okay. All right. Sam, who do you have on this one? Dern or Virna? I got uh,
1: Jandaroba. Jandaroba. Okay. Any particular reason?
2: Um, I mean, they're actually both like BJJ black belts. And I think they're, I mean, Mackenzie Dern, we know her really well, because she lived in the US for a long time and then suddenly uh, developed a Brazilian accent. But Chantiroba <laughs> Roba. Is also uh, BJJ ace, and I think uh, she was also a really good competitor. So you actually, it's not. It's like a false dichotomy to say it's BJJ versus MMA. This is actually BJJ versus ben, uh, versus BJJ, and I think both of them have like pretty poor striking. So interesting. I but mean, I think, you- I think Jandy Roba might have striking that's a little better than Dern, though. That's why. But- Is Dern's transition to having an accent make her more BJJ though? Does it become like B B B J J J? Um, No, I think it it takes something away. I think Mm. uh, I think that when you fake the funk like that, there's a certain (laughs) authenticity to your belt that you got to maintain. And when you fake that funk, it's just uh, you got to keep it right. You got to keep it, you know, you got to keep it real with the jujitsu. So you can't bring in you know, fake accents like that. Well, this is not looking good for me when I have a
1: later turn accent that I develop. Once I become a black belt, Kev.
0: Nope. You're uh, well, I mean, you were always talking about going like something like Eastern European though. That'd be kind of cool.
1: I think so. Uh, the, the accents that I can't pull off are the ones that make me want to do them all the more. So it's a really mm. bad love, hate relationship. Kev, Sam's going to keep it going. He's going to tell us in a featherweight fight if Chase Hooper will emerge victorious or Peter Barrett,
2: go. Uh, Peter, Peter Barrett, my dude, Peter. Why is he your dude? Um, You know, we're on first name basis. All these guys. Just like Dwight, <laughs> you, Dwight, 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 Peter. Peter, everybody the names knows I could can... say, the names I could say, <laughs> we're on first, first name basis. If I could say your name, we're on first name basis. Tight,
1: Kev. Are you on first name basis with Peter, or are you going the opposite way?
0: What fight is this one? Chase Hooper,
1: Peter Barrett.
0: Where's it at? <laughs> on the it card. Is...
2: Hold on. I think it's the it
1: first is at the fight. Very bottom.
2: Yeah, very bottom of the card. First fight. Chase oh, is I... the dude that looks like Ben Askren.
0: That's not on the ESPN card. Just as heads up, that can't be good. Uh oh. I'm going canceled. with Chase. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Of course. You're gonna go with Chase on this one. I appreciate the honesty, Kev.
0: Here's I'm the thing pissed I just... can't fight in this fight. You know I make most of my judgments on people's <laughs> physical appearance. I know. And when you see him again... in the eye, that's when you know. <laughs> it's always so funny
1: that Kevin is like the opposite of every educational movie that you've ever seen growing up, where it's like
2: judge the book by the cover. <laughs> but there is Kevin... no cover. I think Chase doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. That's how sad it is right now for him. Oh, no, but isn't Chase Cooper, is that the fake Ben Askren kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They even did like some skits, I think. But, you know, I thought that would like tip him over to the point where he gets his own Wikipedia page. But no, no. (sighs) That's unfortunate, man.
1: I I found it. Very funny. I found it. You
0: got it. (laughs) You went with Peter. So thanks, ESPN, for your (laughs) dedicated reporting once again. Was it on page two? It wasn't. Uh, it's not on. And I had to go to Wikipedia. Oh, but I have never been happier to go with Chase Hooper, even though I'm still trying to find a picture of Chase Hooper. <laughs> I, you're I'm, not judging a book by its cover. You're, you're just basing it off of nothing. No, I'm using inference based off of who Peter Barrett aligns with. And because <laughs> it seemed like the company he was keeping in the choice selection was getting a little grim thought I'd go the mm. other way. Chase Hooper looks like a 12-year-old. Is he Is, he, yes. is he 12 yes. and a half? Oh, cool. He has famously
1: called himself Ben Askren's son. The only thing that's very unfortunate about that, aside from the actuality of that being a thing, is the fact that it made Ben Askren moderately funny for five minutes. Mm. Mm. Which is fun, because you should see that man's Twitter if you don't Hot get around take. to that one.
0: Ben mm. Askren is MMA's version of Tony Romo. There you go. Fascinating.
1: Mm. I don't even think he's as good as Tony Romo, dude. Yeah. No, no,
0: no. But Here's MMA, what... MMA's version wouldn't be as good. It's all Man. run by. own. So Uncle
1: let me just give you a little bit of insight right here. You know the, the was it the late, the Paul brother that just did the boxing? I think it's Jake. Logan.
0: Jake. Was no, it the other one? Jake.
1: Jake won his boxing match. And, you know, he's been talking about the fact that he's going to fight Conor McGregor. His whole entire purpose is to fight Conor McGregor, which, by the way, find a better purpose in life. Mm -hmm. But here's a little note. Apparently, in the time that we've been talking, Floyd Mayweather has agreed to an exhibition with young Mr. Paul, but he then was saying he'd like to beat up Ben Askren. And Ben Askren was like, man, that sounds like an easy day of work. And I thought, hmm for you no actually <laughs> of all people who are talking real big uh, hardcore shit you look like the most suspect of all the guys on the stand up here ben Askren in that lottery so yikes so just wanted to update our fans on that one let's see if that's a real thing because we have seen it reported by mma fighting and a number of organizations that have said paul and floyd will have a I guess an exhibition. I guess I'll bring this over to Sam before I go to the next pick, which is who will be more likely to have the first unfortunate news item after that boxing bout? (laughs) Uh, Who are my choices? It would be between, I guess, Jake Paul and one uh, Floyd Mayweather. Like, who's going to do the stupider thing first after that fight?
2: Mm. If it happens. After the fight, mm, I think Jake Paul probably. I mean, at that point, we're in the we're in the simulation, right? Like, if those two fight, we are clearly living in a simulation. So, anything can happen at that point.
1: I like that everybody goes 2020 wild, and I was like, yeah, 2021 is already shaping up. So let's just <laughs> stay at the ready at this one. Kev, you're gonna tell me who's winning this next
0: bout. It's a featherweight bout between Cub Swanson and Daniel Padilla. Go. Actually, pretty excited about this fight. I always get worried when it's Cub Swanson, because every time you see Cub Swanson, it looks like he's now Cub Swanson, plus a few extra face inches. I am going with Panetta because I am uh, getting a little worried about Cubby, and this is a good spot Mm -hmm. for him, but love me some Cub Swanson.
2: All right, you got that. All right, Sam, what do you got for us on that one? He's way off. I think it's uh, Cub Swanson over here. Interesting.
1: So is that just an allegiance that you're you're signing here from his many years of fighting? Or what was the, the inclination to go here? Oh,
2: sir? you know, the, his analysis is that Cub is shopworn, but Daniel Pineda is also shopworn. I think they actually have about the same amount of fights. They're about the same age. They've been, like, beaten up the same amount of time. So it's actually, like... Uh, two veterans fighting each other except Cub fought at a higher level. But fighting at the higher level maybe he got beat up more than Daniel. I don't know. Kev, would
1: you like to get a point of order here in terms of use of language that is not clearly defined for
0: our audience? And I'll add on to that Raf. if I were someone named Cub Swanson for a lot of my mm-hmm. life, I'd be fucking Bear Swanson now. I'd promote myself <laughs> and have a respectable fighter's name <laughs> <laughs>
1: absolutely well we're gonna continue the party it's a heavyweight bout between jr dos santos and cyril gain sam you started off
2: i'm going with uh cyril Uh-oh. is that more because you believe in his talent or you're voting
1: against jds
2: you know it's one of those things where you have to vote against anytime you pick against jds JDS. Part of that is a vote against him because you've seen all the wars he's been through. His nose don't even look the same anymore. I mean, he himself just doesn't look the same anymore. Um, so I don't know where his chin is at. I don't know what's left of it. And uh, Gan isn't like that much that much younger than uh, Dos Santos, but he's bigger. He has a kickboxing background. He hasn't been uh, beaten up as much. Um, and and also. Junior doesn't really like shoot for takedowns. So it's not something like, oh, Junior has the MMA wrestling advantage over him. So I have to go with Cyril to win by decision
1: or maybe even knockout.
2: I don't know where his chin is at. Those are
1: two ways to win. Kevin, what do you
0: got for us? I am going with gain as well. And I can't believe I have to agree with tonight's guest so fervently. Mm. But I want to offer a counter take. Wouldn't you Mm. lose it? If Dos Santos came out with a really like custom mullet or something like a hairpiece <laughs> that he put on just to spice it up a little bit, because I think he needs a new look. Sometimes mm. you're just an outfit away from confidence. Mm. yeah, So I can't even hate out. on that. That 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 actually makes a lot of sense. So
1: if he walks out with his new men's warehouse suit, it's like I like the way I look now. Leave
2: me alone. I can hit again. I remember how to win. Yeah. That's not mm. even a joke. That's just like reality. I think they, <laughs> they give like whole TED talks about that. Coming out with your power suit, you know, you just feel better. It's true. And I, your I power mean, Kev,
1: Kev, That's not a bad idea. If I fight, going out in a suit sounds like a pretty good idea. So let's mark that down. Yeah. Kev, you lead us off on this one. Gavin Tucker versus
0: Billy Q or Quarantine Elo. Go. I love a good Canadian name. And I don't think there's a, anything more Canadian than Gavin Tucker. <laughs> uh, I don't think Gavin can win anything. So I'm going with Koran Tio. And I feel yep. fantastic about that choice. Supporting
1: the Koran, Got it. Sam, what do you got on this one?
2: I got I to go with Canada. This goes with my whole Bret Hart Gross. Canadian heel thing. Mm-hmm. Any, any fighter, just pre-pick. If they're from Canada, that's my pick. Jesus Christ, he literally
1: told us to pre-pick them like it's some sort of bingo slot at the Vegas Five and Dime here, kids. Well, here's uh, some news I for like you. his confidence. <laughs> Sam, the way this works is, about this time I like to tell the guest that there is usually a wager that we put on here between you and Kevin. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, they aren't financial because, again, jujitsu, so we're just not going to make it money. That's stupid. But, Kevin, what are some examples of some bets that have been made on previous installments of Over Under Kevin?
0: Yeah, social media posts, some shirt exchanges. I actually just got the Dark Clan shirt, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, as payment for the authoritarian beatdown I gave um, someone who would murder me in real life. There was a few bets that kind of... Ventured off into just uh, social media posts more than anything, but that type of thing.
1: So, Sam, without saying what it is, if you do have one, do you have a bet in mind for Kevin right now? Mm. I'm gonna take no. that as no. But here's some good news. There's still four fights to go. Are there but really? This one,
0: Jesus. yeah, Kev, I'm I'm doing my best,
1: Kevin. Are <laughs> just they multiplying?
3: Did
0: they add a few while we were? <sighs>
1: Kevin, all the fights that got canceled for COVID are probably just gonna come in on this one. So
2: this is like one of those two p.m. cards, right? Like the early pre- prelims that are gonna start at like two in the afternoon and I mean, go all the I way to really... like eleven. I normally
1: do a fight companion for this, and this is just informing me of how long I'm going to be on air. So yes, it is very likely. Kev, Sam's gonna tell us who's gonna win between Tony Fergie Ferguson and Charles Oliveira. Sam, who do you have on this one? I'll put. I got
2: Oliveira. Seconds. I think uh, it's it's more of, uh, to the way you framed it previously, right? It's it's less a confidence about. Oliveira, it's more about a lack of confidence in Tony Ferguson. I think Tony Ferguson may be like, I don't know, pre knee injury, like would have beaten Olivera pretty easily. But now, especially after the last fight and, uh, and all the personal problems he's had, I don't know. K- Habib had a good
0: analysis that uh, Tony's not the same guy, and I'd have to agree with him. Kevin? Oliveira bleached his hair. Not the type of fighter you want to walk in with uh, their uh, their corner. I'll be going with what is Turd Ferguson. I do know it's mm. Tony, but when you see T. Ferguson on the ESPN <laughs> lights, you try not <laughs> It is hard. Turd Ferguson. Can't help it. Think he's going to swan song it, and this one's in Vegas. So, oh, actually, okay, that makes me a little nervous, because at first I was like, if it's in the uh, Fight Island, no testing. Right, Fergs? But I'm going (laughs) Ferg's. Here's some information you should know. Uh, One meme
1: page actually took the face, like face-off technology, of Tony Ferguson and put it on Charles Oliveira and then did the same for Charles and Tony. Guess what? Not that different.
2: Yeah, I saw that. It was like uh, Uriah Faber and uh, who who was it? uh, Liz Carmouche. You ever see that face (laughs) swap? Yes. It looks... Nothing changed. Like, if they, if they didn't even do the face swap and said uh, they did the face swap, you would believe it.
1: It's remarkable, Kev. I, I will have to send it to you later. But in the meantime, heavyweights, Sergey Spivek and Jared Vander. Kevin, mm. you go first. 20, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, 15 seconds on this one.
0: I'm really, I want to tell you, impressed that you were able to pull out those names. I was worried. I, this was the fight I circled <laughs> as you're going to fuck that up. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with Spivak I think I used to have a Call of Duty character That terrified the shit out of me That really mm. looks like this guy Sweet uh, Sam, what do you got? I'm going with
2: Spivak too uh, When I checked the Wikipedia entries Spivak had an entry But uh, Vander did not So it's hard for me to pick somebody Who uh, does not have a Wikipedia page I'm going with the old Stefan Bonner rule if no Wikipedia page no, no bet.
0: Did you do it's research? Fair. Sounds heavily like something called research, Raph, for tonight. I show.
1: tried to discourage it as much as I could, Kevin.
2: You do have a podcast where, where we preview, so I have to do research anyway. Oh, boring. But then you brought it over here. <sighs> I, I mean, have besmirched your podcast.
1: I mean, you try to make it a more competent show.
2: And if there's anything we pride ourselves in, it's that we do it by accident. Hey, Kevin's the one talking about like the dude is a switch hitter. That's some technical analysis. Uh, well, it depends on what techniques he's really talking about.
3: But he's uh, making a middleweight.
2: But I
1: appreciate the credit. <laughs>
2: I'm assuming he was talking about that neo footwork,
1: those MMA angles. <laughs> yup, that's exactly what was being mentioned there. It's a middleweight bout that we're talking about next between Carl Robertson and ooh. This name is fun. All right. Hold on. I'm going to stretch out for this yep, one. Don't hurt yourself. Ooh, I'm not going to pull anything. I promise. This one is Dalcha, Luigi. Ambigula. Sam, you go first. I'm going with
2: Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, uh, you know, I, better timed. <laughs> how could I, I? I couldn't even pick the other guy, even if I wanted to. I wouldn't be able to say it. Oh, well, I
1: got news for you. That's part of the fun. It's like going <laughs> on a roller coaster ride that you don't know where it's going to go, and it's just thrilling every time you say a name like that. Kev, who do you got on this one? I've got
0: Lungiambula, 10-2, and two, vicious over right hook, maybe. I actually don't know. I haven't particularly seen him fight, but it sounded it sounded right. Um, got to be honest with you, Kev. You landed that dismount really well. Thank you. I, you know, I just broke it down, Lung Iambula. Uh, you know, I, I don't mean to brag, but I've pronounced some pretty complicated names in speech tournaments. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, I do not have a, a really good feeling outside of one simple rule. Who's got mm. the more aggressive abs? That's mm. Lung Iambula. Well, oh. Good to know. The we rule. are
1: now at the final fight Very excited to get this one in. Gents, Kevin, you are going to start this one off. Who's going to win between Davison Figueroa and one Brandon Moreno? You've got 30 seconds. Go.
0: Okay. Can I tell you who I'm cheering for? Sure. Uh, Brandon Moreno. The whole fight. I'm going to be stoked for him. We've got Mighty Mouse's tiny replacement. He's not that interesting. I don't. (laughs) The belt looks bigger than most. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Moreno, and I'm hoping fatigue sets in because I cannot believe this guy's fighting again. I was like, Figurito, <laughs> And for some fun, astute coverage of how fighters are being picked, do not forget to find Southpaw Podcast, where Sam called Dana's current uh, system basically fighter puppy mills. Dug it. You like that, right? That's I did like that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it pretty good. <laughs> Uh,
1: Kev, just point of order, you had Figueroa on that one, or
0: did you go all the way in on Moreno? No, I have Figueroa. I put a toe in the water and then was like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> oh, just I thought you talked
2: yourself Figueroa. into
0: it. I thought he did too,
1: and I had to make sure because I had to type it down the way I'm going to look back and cover it.
0: Nope. Uh, give me the uh, the tiny one that just fought. Okay. okay well, well they both, both did the... just fight so i oh, just wanted to... the champion yeah Give me the okay champion. thank you sam thank you for
1: helping out on that one but now it's time for you to tell us who you think is going to win that fight
2: uh figurado you know he's uh he's not only a hairstylist and a sushi chef and an mma fighter but he also has a pet water buffalo so you don't you don't bet against somebody like that that's I mean, that's like a a once-in-a-lifetime kind of guy. You don't bet against that. He's a sushi
0: chef? I can't believe that's what resonated first. Maybe I'm a little hungry, but...
1: (laughs) I think that might be the case, but I I would tell you this, though. Figueroa is this dude who has the best drip going on in the game right now because all of his clothes, Kevin, look like casual wear that have some vague anime on them, but also look like an Italian man who's going to retire... So somewhere in between all of that, every time I see a photo of him sporting some new clothes and his ridiculous hair, I go, damn, dude, this dude is living as a champion.
2: Good for him. It's the Kev rule with the, you know, look your best. You just need like a, a look. And yep. you, you can look your way into confidence. And I think we're especially all especially
0: because we're all a haircut away or yeah. a really nice <laughs> wig junior.
1: Well, now that we're here, um, just to let you guys know, in case there is, I don't know, a COVID scare that happens on the card, or you guys just by miraculous nature end up tying, we do tiebreakers as performance of the night, which goes to two individuals, typically, and a fight of the night. So, Sam, since you gave the last pick, I'm going to ask you to give me your two performances
2: of the night that will be handed out and the one fight of the night. Who do you have? Um, I got a... Put the uh, the main fight with Figueredo and uh, Moreno as one of the, what is it? The fight of the night. What, what night am I picking night.
1: first? Yeah, either one. That's fine. I, I'm I'm durable. I can go both on that. But
2: okay. performance of the night. And uh, I think Ferguson and Oliveira. Okay, so, the so they're both
3: side. going to get.
2: because oh, you gave one where two
1: people are fighting each other. And then the two performances of the night tend to be individuals who won a fight. So that would assume oh, that performance of the and- night
2: only like one person out of the fight. I thought it's like both of them get the performance of the night.
1: No, they usually like in very rare cases. You're welcome to go ahead and pick however you like. I'm just giving you, I'm like the blackjack dealer who tells you 17, 17 is looking pretty good there, man. Okay. I'm just, okay. Uh, but yes,
2: two just random individuals tend to increase your odds here. Gotcha. So, my fight of the night, then, that's the fight. So, Tony Ferguson, Charles Oliveira will be my fight of the night. Gotcha. Performance of the night, I think, will be Davison Figueroa, And uh, let's say, I think actually, yeah, I think they'll give it also to Brandon Moreno. I could see that happen for that fight. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Kevin, what do you got for us?
0: Yeah, I did not get who his two other performances of the nights were, by the way. I got very So his performances of the night, he's doubling down. He's saying that either Davison or
1: Mourena will get it because he's going to put that as a pick. So it's kind of like saying the fight of the night is going to be Ferguson mm-hmm. and Oliveira, but then mm-hmm. the performances of the night, you could say they're gonna give it to both, which is highly unlikely, but it has happened very rarely. But, Kev, it also could be a way of getting insurance that one of those two people does get it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with my first um, performance of the night. And this is going to go to Mackenzie Dern. I'm okay. going to get my second performance of the night. That goes to Turd. Okay. And then, fight of the night, it's going to be Figs versus Moreno. Okay interesting all right gents we made our way through the whole
1: card now we return back to you sam i asked you earlier if you had a bet in mind you had a few fights to think about it we return back to you
2: do you Mm. have a bet in mind for kevin now um like what i want him to do and i have to reveal it i mean yes that is essentially (laughs) what we are asking (laughs) here if you have one in mind
1: if not we can go to Kevin, but we do like to defer to the guest first.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, do you guys have shirts? We do. Could that be a bet? Like, I get a shirt if I win? Yeah. And he has a shirt.
1: Kev, is that what you would like from him?
0: I accept with one extra caveat, Raf. Mm, what is that, Kevin? If I win... Yes to the shirt exchange, but I also want um I I demand he make an argument in repentance that in all likelihood Vince McMahon will be the next leader of the GOP and the Republican nominee for president <laughs> and mm. the case that he will win. It's just a simple uh. side par I wanted added.
1: Mm. Do you have a counter for that that is comparable for Kevin? Because I like that for you.
2: Yeah, the same thing, except Mick Foley. Um, but for the Republicans or? For the, the, the Democrats. Perfect. Uh, okay.
0: Oh, God. That's, Mick uh... Foley,
2: a.k.a. Mankind, if you know him by his <laughs> alias. I mean, it does kind of make sense if you think about we went from
1: a reality TV show star who is in the WWE Hall of Fame to a comedian yeah. who is in the WWE Hall of Fame. So. It does stand to go that way. Well, gents, I'm glad that we were able to preview this all the way through. Sam, as a nice little thing that we do here on the show, we always like to extend an invitation to say, "Would you like to come back next week after we see all these fights and talk about those fights?" Um, sure. That okay? That sounds like a quasi. You want to come back? So <laughs> it's legally yeah, yeah. binding now, but uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Don't yeah. Kept, I we'll work that. it out.
2: We'll we'll talk we'll about it.
1: I just like the idea that Kevin, I realized as he was kind of taking a moment to think about it, I've never been prepared for the guest to say no.
0: I, we, I wasn't either, but that was like as close as we've gotten. <laughs> um, so. yeah, <laughs> I could probably, uh... we'll see how this sign up goes. When we're <laughs> off air,
1: but,
2: uh, yeah, I actually looked... dropped something at that moment. So I was like picking it up and you know, like when your face isn't <laughs> at the mic, uh, oh, then got you got to bring your mic back. You got to get your face right in front of it again. You built the suspense in a way that nobody else has done.
1: So kudos to you, sir. Here's what I'm going to say to you. I want you to tell the people where they can find you and uh, tell the people where they can listen to the show, sir.
2: So you can listen to Southpaw wherever you listen to podcasts, including YouTube and Spotify, all those places. Stitcher,
0: Apple, Google Play, Overcast and RSS.
2: Yeah, and then you can find us on Instagram, Southpaw Pod is the handle. You can find it on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter, stuff from Sam. That's my handle.
0: It's where I got a lot of the gold from today's episode. <laughs> he is Sam, they are Sam and Paul. The show is Southpaw Podcast, southpawpod.com. Go give him some go give him some love. Sam, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun.
2: The
1: number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is. Please note, the new number is.